Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. Today we're talking about the power of the huddle, and you're going to understand what we mean when we dig into that. But as leaders, right, really thinking about those different experiences in our life in those different places we get our leadership experience from. And so today I'm really honored to have Ben Utech with us. Um, For those of you who are living under a rock and don't know who Ben Utech is, he is a Super Bowl 41 champion with the Indianapolis Colts. He is an entrepreneur. He owns a culture consulting firm. He's a speaker. He's an author. And I just learned he's also a singer. Um, So the man, he's quite the renaissance man (laughs) of everything that he does. And um, I will just add on the side, he's an amazing human who does a ton for our community um, and uses his platform for good, which we really appreciate as well, because that's what we're focused on. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. In the midst of all of this, I don't know how you had time for us, but I really appreciate it. So a lot of people know you, right? You're more of a public figure, but I'd still love you to share your journey. Like, how did you get to this point in your success? Because I think for a lot of us, it's not always a straight line, right? Right. And there's a lot of different pieces clearly in your journey. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, really at the heart of it, I'm, I'm a small river town kid. I grew <laughs> up, I grew up, you know, just about 20 miles south of St. Paul on the next river town, Hastings. And that was a community of 15,000 people. And so I grew up in a, in a hardworking blue collar agricultural community. Uh, my dad was a, a, a minister, um, which is really interesting because you, you move quite a bit. Um, yeah. We happen to, to be fortunate enough to stay through middle school and high school in, in, in Hastings. But, you know, that that's that's an interesting uh, kind of environment to grow up in because yeah. uh, you, you don't make a lot of money. You never live in your own home. We always lived in, oh, in a true. church parsonage, yeah. right? So, so I, you know, the the foundation of, um, of hard work was really fostered, you know, growing up in that incredible community and, and, and in my family. And so, you know, that was something that, really started I think the, the passion in my the passion really in my heart to you know to go after my dreams mm-hmm. you know you really there's just no choice and so um, that led to the University of Minnesota where I was fortunate to earn a scholarship and, and play for the Gophers and, and on to to the NFL where I had a chance to play under one of the greatest coaches in mm-hmm. history uh, now in the Hall of Fame Tony Dungy and, you know, Jamie, for the first time, I experienced the power of servant leadership, right? This incredible platform that, that really looks uh, intrinsically at the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. The belief that if, if you build better men, you get better football players. Right. That there's a direct correlation between on-the-field performance and how healthy you are as a human. Mm-hmm. And so... To be in that environment and to win a Super Bowl, having grown up in a small river town in Minnesota, it's it's it really is a dream come true, and that that is what kind of sparked my passion for for culture. You know that you can choose a culture, um, that you can replicate that culture one person at a time, and so uh, my degree was in public speaking. Um, after I retired, I knew I wanted to pursue that corporately. Uh, along with my passion for music. So we made that transition to, to Nashville and 
um, that was just an incredible learning experience. And the, and the, the keynote speaking grew. I had the ability to, to, to get that platform into, into the Fortune 5 community, which was um, significant education for me. Um, and then from there, I think my entrepreneurial spirit really um, was fed and fostered and has uh, led me back home to Minnesota. Uh, I always knew that was going to be the case. You know, home is where the heart is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so now I'm excited to be using these businesses. I really look at, I, I really look at um, business through the lens of uh, social impact investing. Right. You know, right. everything that I do, I want to have some type of bridge that goes into and uh, impacts the community in a positive way. So that's really kind of my, my story in a nutshell. Most importantly, I'm a husband and, uh, and a father. I have four uh, beautiful daughters, so my whole life is about the empowerment of women. I love it. <laughs> and they I take care it. of me, and so it's a, it's a, not, no, it is a dramatic, it's a dramatic culture in, in mm -hmm. my house, but, mm -hmm. but it's, it's one that I can proudly say I've learned more about myself as a man, you know, being a husband and a father to these incredible women and, than anything else. Yeah, what a great message. And I just love how, you know, you talk about the sports, which has been your life, right? A big piece of your life. And I think we forget that crossover, right? Mm -hmm. Having four teenagers myself that play sports and that the character building that happens, especially under the right coach that thinks of themselves as a leader, mm -hmm. right? Versus just someone who's trying to win games and that type of stuff. And I think that crosses over into our real life in the business, in the corporate world, is that we are those coaches to the people around us, which we're going to dive into when Absolutely. we talk about the power of the huddle. So we, you're on the Superpower Success Podcast, and you know our belief is that we each have these innate superpowers that are like one step above a strength, right? That are really, when we're in that zone, we're, we're creating impact for others and impact for ourselves. What do you think is a superpower that you have that's helped you get to this point? Um, I would say that I have a, I have a very um, well-rounded ability to communicate and connect with people. Right. I've all, uh, I, as a speaker, I always um, teach that vulnerability equals connectivity. Mm -hmm. And I think great communicators have an ability to bridge, um, to bridge barriers, to bridge over barriers, to connect and to bring people together in unity, trust and hope. Mm -hmm. You know, things we don't often talk a lot about in business yep. because it can be misconstrued as the soft stuff. But right. in reality, it, it is the foundation of our humanism, right? And so if we can, if we can communicate better um, and if we can use the, the ability to, I talk about this all the time because of being in the Peyton Manning offense. It was the most articulate and difficult um, NFL offense to be a part of because of how many different words we had that described exactly what we were supposed to do on the field, uh -huh. right? So the power of our words is so um, critical to being able to create the transparency we need yeah. um, in our relationships on and off the field. Right. And this is a superpower that I'm sure you're already using, but that the world needs right now is people who can oh, help bring people together when that connectivity has been has been broken, which is what we're, a lot of us are feeling. One hundred percent. And I, I think that um, you know we we see that we see that negatively um, when people's behaviors really don't match what they say. Right. And so how do you how do you find that authenticity? And I really think that. 
you know, that comes in the skill uh, and talent of, of communication. And it's something you can improve. I mean, it's a muscle, right? Yeah, or something. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I, I, you know, people think that as a, as a speaker, you just kind of get up there and, and share stories. But I can assure you that um, I, I've trained equally as hard in preparation for a, a speech as I have getting ready to go play yeah. an opponent in the NFL. And uh, it's a craft like anything else. And so you can take something that might start off as mediocre in, in your kind of identity mm-hmm. portfolio and you can actually make it a superpower if you're willing to put the time into it. Yeah. We talk about talents, strengths, and then superpowers, right? And it's where you have given it the time and the commitment to where it feels easy and it gives exactly. you energy. And it gives, right? That's how exactly. we define the superpower. And so you can create that. I think that's a great message. So today we're talking about the power of the huddle, which is something that you speak about a lot. Um, talk about what you learned, right? Sure. About your own leadership and, and why you talk about this power of the huddle. Well, I, I ask whenever I speak, uh, on, on that topic, I always start out by asking the question to leaders in the room, what do you think is the most foundationally important uh, part of a winning uh, offensive drive that leads to a touchdown? What's the most important part that has to happen on a field in order to score? And you get great answers, communication and you know good, good fundamentals and techniques and, and things of that nature, but nobody ever says, the huddle and it really is the huddle and if you think about it if you've ever watched an NFL game have you ever like told everybody in the room to be quiet because you want to watch people get in the huddle you don't yeah. no <laughs> you don't no you want to see the big it, place yeah. you want to you see the exciting you never think right. about the huddle right but the huddle is the most foundational part of any successful play on the football field that leads to a touchdown it is the foundation of communication. It is the, distrib- it's the distribution of the information that you need in order to be successful. Mm. Okay, Peyton Manning, our, our future Hall of Famer, uh, he always used to say, our goal is to be 11 minds together as one. That all happens within the huddle. And it was so important in Indianapolis um, because of how much information was being distributed, uh, that our offensive coordinator Tom Moore, who is a um, John Marshall Rochester uh, mm-hmm. native, um, he he created his own culture for our huddle, and it was basically it, it consists of three different uh, belief systems, which is stop, look, and care. Stop means that the minute your leader, in this case Peyton Manning, the minute your quarterback steps into the huddle, everything stops. What happened on the last play, Hmm. what you're feeling currently in the present, what you're expecting to happen in the future, everything has to stop. And it's time to give your leader the stage of speech. Okay. Hmm. Then it's look. Look is the pursuit of information. Mm -hmm. So when you're playing in front of 70 to 80,000 people, you don't always hear well what's happening because it's so loud in in the stadium. So the idea was, a part of our culture is not only do we want you to use your ears, but we want you to use your eyes. So we want you to look at Peyton's mouth because mm-hmm. if you can hear and also see the words that he's formulating, um, yeah. it, it will help you um, capture that information mm-hmm. more successfully. Mm-hmm. And then really the last part of, of the culture of the huddle in Indianapolis 
that um, is really the most uh, powerful is care. And care is really the idea that empathy is what allows us to come together in unity, right? So empathy means to put yourself in the position of someone else, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that part of the huddle was fascinating to me because it changed the it changed the reason why you do something, right? It's it's no longer um, oh I have to I have to learn these plays and I have to learn what the other positions are doing. Um, because if I don't, I'm going to get disciplined. Right. It's, I have to empathize, and I have to put myself in the position of all of these other players and the responsibilities that they have, which then allows me to care more for what my job is as a tight end. Right. Right, because every single one of those players has a very specific job that changes or affects what my job is. Mm -hmm. And if I don't understand that and understand the difficulty that... That each of those players has in doing that I'm not going to be able to do my job uh, as well as I can and so stop look and care really kind of created this culture of the huddle that allowed us to come together before every single play uh, and to give our leader the stage of speech to uh, pursue the right information uh, which we need to be successful and to care more deeply about all of the responsibilities mm -hmm. happening on the field so that we could be successful in a five-second play. And that happened about 65 to 75 times right. a game. Right, but so powerful. So the, the thing I also think about here is, right, business results don't come in the fancy awards and the big plays, right, success in a business or it doesn't come from that. Success as individuals doesn't come in the big things. Right. It comes in the work that people don't see, right? Absolutely. It comes in the work that you put in and the long nights and the weekends and the that kind of stuff. And, and I think people, especially now, we look at the highlight reel of social media and what it's doing to like, it's all about the big, the bigger flash, the big, and we sometimes forget about the fundamentals. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Fundamentals and techniques are the most important part of every position because yep. that is that is the reflection of the years of of right. training and the years of being a practitioner yes. in order to perform. Right. You have 16 weeks in the NFL. That's it. Right. So every minute from Monday through Saturday uh, is incredibly detailed and designed in order for you to be able to go and perform for three hours on Sunday. Yeah. And we, we call that the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And it's the reality in the NFL that every minute of every day is filmed. They, yeah. even, they even filmed team meeting rooms so that uh, they would hold players accountable to not fall asleep. I mean, the yeah. level of accountability yeah. is huge for exactly what you yeah. just said. Because yeah. we, we, we have such little time in order to perform 16 times and get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing way to look at it. So you mentioned the idea of empathy, right? And you're hearing a lot more about it. I think it's always been something that's been important, but you're seeing it come to light more as a, as a leadership skill yeah, and absolutely. a critical leadership skill, right? The emotional intelligence is the leadership skill of the next decade yeah. is what they're saying. So why do you think so many leaders, right, in their organization struggle with that, struggle with empathy? Well, I think one trend that, that I've noticed is a lack of, um, of authenticity within leaders. 
What type of a leader do you have on the job and what type of a leader do you have at home? Right. And you know, some people actually would say that there should be a difference. I tend, I tend to believe um, that the reason why Tony Dungy, my coach, had the respect that he did is because he was who he was yes. at home that he was on the job. He was such an authentic leader that whether you believed in the things that he believed in personally or mm -hmm. not, you had incredible respect for him because what you saw is what you got day yep. in and day out. And that consistency was incredibly um, was incredibly powerful. And you know, the first team meeting we ever had, uh, he gave his cell phone out to every single player and said, "You are now a part of my family, and if you need anything, I'm here for you, um, day or night." And so that that um, example of empathy um, really just empowers a team. Right. right. They, I mean, to, right. to, to have a coach, to have a leader say that to you. So, you know, I think I think it's really hard for leaders to be to be vulnerable like that in, in our current corporate climate. Right. Because they're at the top. Um, they have to they feel that they have to, um, you know, re reveal a constant standard. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes if they focus too much on that, they lose the ability to connect with their teams through vulnerability right. in order to achieve um, a stronger, cohesive morale. And I think, and, and not to stereotype, I think men even more in a corporate environment, sure. when you say empathy, um, you know, think it's it's tears and it's, right, it's this really emotional thing when empathy isn't emotion, right? Sympathy is is that emotion. Empathy is I can see the world through your glasses, through your seat, and understand why you feel, maybe why you feel the way you feel, right? Or how it looks, right. or how this could impact you. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is, is we talk to leaders, um, and we have a project starting that we haven't really announced yet that's going to be around this as well. But it's not that you and I have to believe the same thing, have the exact same values for me to have empathy or for you to have empathy and to care about each oh, other. Yeah. I think people feel like if I care about you, then it's going to have to change who I am. Right. That, and I love that because when you look at an NFL locker room, you have probably one of the most diverse environments right. that you could ask for. 53 guys from 53 different parts of the country, sometimes the world, with 53 different uh, you know, upbringings, right. financial situations, uh, yeah. religious beliefs. I mean, it, it is such a melting pot of diversity. Um, and yet, you know, when Dungy always talked about the power of family, and PJ Fleck for the Gophers says this all the time, that the acronym we use for family in football is forget about me, I love you, right? And it's the huh. reality that you can't, you can't be empathetic through selfishness, right? right? Empathy only comes through selflessness. And so I think, you know, those types of qualities are are more difficult for people in leadership positions right. really because of you know the personality profile you, you have to be in order to get there. Right. I mean, it's cutthroat business. It is. It's so competitive. Yeah. Um, and so that's why this, you know, this platform of servant leadership had such an impact on me because mm -hmm. it, it told me that 
you still have the ability to do that, but at the same time, build stronger teams through stronger relationships. Right, and be successful and at be the same successful. time. You don't have to trade in one or the other, and right. I think that's what a lot of leaders and have a legacy effect. Right. Right. You know, it's right. it, it's you know, do you want to you know do you want to have people come up to you twenty years after retirement saying, "Man, that was the best time of my life working underneath you." Right. You know, if that matters to you, then then these are the types of things that that you can focus on and improve. Right, absolutely. Um, how are you seeing leaders, when we talk about the crisis that we're in right now, right, and leadership is having to evolve, right? Leaders leaders are having exactly. to lead in a different way. Exactly. How are you seeing that evolution and, and kind of what do you think are some of the best leaders doing right now? Well, you know, I think leaders now more than ever are hearing from their uh, employee base um, you know, more about what their belief system is. I, I just spoke for a, a, a huge uh, sports data company, and we talked a lot about what they're doing to improve their culture. And they're overwhelmed. Their C-suite is overwhelmed because the, with, with uh, the COVID culture that we have, with um, the racial injustice that we've mm -hmm. been experiencing in our country, um, all, all sorts of people groups within companies are now going to their executives and saying, what are we going to do about this? We, we want to have a voice into this. We want to have a voice into that, yeah. right? So this culture of inclusivity and, yeah. and, and the reality is, is that um, it stretches all of those executives yeah. too mm -hmm. far, right? You've got, yeah. you've got HR who you kind of think should be the department that handles it, but they mm -hmm. have to handle everything else, talent acquisition right. and payroll and, right. and you know, leadership development. And so I, I, I say all that um, because I'm excited to see this new role called mm -hmm. a chief culture officer that you're starting to see in, right. in some of these larger companies like Netflix and Google. And, and this is a person that really bridges um, the gap between human resources and the CEO. This is right. a person that their whole job and their whole team's job is the quality care of the culture of the organization. Right. And so I, I would like to see that trend continue to grow and for companies to, um, who recognize the importance of culture to start trying to create those positions which will support right. you know, that belief system of that organization much more efficiently because you just now you have the, the staffing in order to handle it. To someone that's beating the drum and really helping us. Because I in, in these organizations, you know, I think in the past, like you said, is people thought that was HR's issue to solve. Right? And really, as leaders in an organization, it's all of our issues. Yeah. Because if I have a department, mm -hmm. I can still, I can control the, you know, the culture of that department and how, sure. if it's positive or negative. I might not be able to control at a, a Fortune 100 company, the entire company. But as leaders, we have to take ownership yeah. of a lot of this and getting our teams through what we're going through. Yeah, and I think that there's a, you know, I, I, I can find a crossover from professional championship sport teams to business all day long. And I, I think that this is one that has a very strong platform, which is that uh, the Colts had an overarching culture, right? We had an overarching belief system called the Colts way. But each side of the team, offense and defense, had 11 different positions with 11 different coaches in 11 different rooms. And each of those positions had its own right. subculture. Right. But what was powerful about experiencing a chosen culture at the top, from top down, 
is that now those uh, assistant coaches all are underneath a structure that they can always go back to. Right. Right. So even though you have subcultures, and even though my tight ends coach was in charge of the culture of the tight end room, mm -hmm. he was still underneath the umbrella and the structure of the Colts way culture that right. Tony had created. Right. But it was it was tied back to something it was bigger tied back because to something bigger. And that's where I think leaders sometimes feel like they can get lost in that, right? It's this, and maybe they don't lead exactly that way. There's different, you can still be you as right. a leader and still tie back to that broader culture, right? Yes. And still believe in that. But you also have to believe that it, that culture is objective. And right. that, you know, we right. live in such a subjective culture, um, which in, in, in some ways that subjectivity inspires creativity. Right. And that's something right. that we want. Mm -hmm. But, um, when you when you allow uh, truth to be um, subjective, it can water down the effect, the positive effect that you could have if you choose. Right. If you choose a culture and you draw a line in the sand, and then you build programming around that choice, right. that gives the structure for people to make good culture decisions. Yeah. And and that's something that I really enjoy. Um, you know, attempting to inspire right. leaders towards. So for a leader who's listening, right, and who's like, okay, I hear this, I get it, and loves the sports analogy because I think a lot of people connect to that, what, what would you give them? What, what first step? What, how should they start thinking about this? Well, I really think that if you can look at culture through the lens of objectivity, then it allows you to begin to create a game plan. Mm -hmm. um, if you let it just be this ethereal thing that right. exists in the upper atmosphere, you know, then it's it's never going to um, be focused enough to actually impact right. your performance. Right. You know, um, my partner, Dr. Dan Zismer, always says that you're going to have a culture by design or default. Correct. So why not why not design it? And so when you look at any department in an, in an, in an industry, um, they have they all have programming and protocols and things mm -hmm. that um, have been you know, through hard work put together in order to help their teams achieve their goals. Uh, I would say more often than not, you do not see that when it comes to you the don't. culture of an organization. Now, there are companies that, that have done that, and they've, they've built out their culture manual for every avenue and aspect that you can think, yep. think of and understand that it's always a living organism. Right. So you're always going to be changing. You're always going to be molding. But to have that objective game plan, um, something that you can go to that can be, you know, the, the that can be the um, the playbook, mm -hmm. you know, of your culture is really important. And I think releasing yourself from it has to be perfect out of the gate because a game plan is we may have to adjust and pivot right. once we learn something more, yes. right? Or we try this. And I think as leaders, it's like we feel like if we can't do it right and it can't fix it like that. Right. You know, it's we're playing the long game here, right? right. It's, yeah. It's... Well, it, you know, we've talked about that before. You know, culture is the human condition at work. Are humans perfect? No. No. So the culture will never be perfect because right. the culture is the makeup of the human condition. Mm -hmm. And so that that is something um, that will at least provide um, another principle that I talk about, which is grace. You know, I mean, think uh, that that. 
that's always one that you can, whenever I talk about it, you can kind of see people's toes curl up in the, in right. the room because, you know, wow, what is he talking about there? But in, in you know, my experience with Coach Dungey, um, grace was the ability to understand the difficulty that all the players are facing right. in the NFL, which is you are playing against the top 1% of athletes in the world, mm -hmm. okay? Not everything's gonna go perfectly. Right. So for him to be able to say to us, listen, I understand you're gonna make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you make mistakes that are outside of your control, we are right there to support you, okay? Mm -hmm. When you make mistakes that you're capable of, of fixing, we're gonna help you fix them. And then right. we're gonna hold you to a standard. And here uh, is what happens if the standard is reached or if it's not reached. Mm -hmm. And and that's grace. There's a level of clemency right. that's a part of uh, of of the culture uh, in the NFL program that I played in. Yeah. And that just made even players respect Tony that much more. Right. It just it's so fascinating to just hear these stories and right for all of us who watch these sports and see them. Right. Again, we see the highlight reel of the. We don't see all of this behind the scenes stuff, and yeah. it just makes me wonder why more of these approaches aren't taken into a corporate environment. It, it would change the face of business. It would change I, the game. I think so, but I, but I think that there's a reality that we haven't touched on, which is, um, you know, you can win uh, in many different ways. Mm -hmm. And the reality in sports is that, you know, even even still to this day, fear still wins. Right. And, and that's the unfortunate part. And so, you know, and there's a crossover there into American business too, because when you when you're dealing with companies that are so big, and the bottom line is so important, and all that right. really matters is the numbers, then oftentimes, what really is the platform that that everything comes out of is kind of a fear-based platform. If I don't achieve this, it's going to be my job. It's going, you know, and mm -hmm. so that's kind of what drives people's behavior, which causes us to protect, protect ourselves, right. which causes us to not be vulnerable. Right, it's a spiral, which, and then which impacts the company's sustainability. Correct. You know, and that that to me is where it's kind of like, gosh, if you really want to grow a thriving company that's sustainable over years, that has less turnover, then you need to create a culture where the human condition can thrive, where people come in today, and the majority, for the most part, um, want to be there. Right. And that's what we all want, yes. whether it's in our communities, in our businesses, in our families. It's, that's, that's what we're all striving for now more than ever, mm -hmm. <laughs> given where we're at as a, as a society. So this has been amazing. If people want more information on how you can help them sure. on the culture, on the speaking, whatever it is, what's their best way of, of getting in touch? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, you know, things are really exciting now and I'm getting into executive coaching, which is, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, is something that I love to do. Um, I feel like one of my superpowers is, is is relationships and and really bringing that unique perspective. I think right. one of the things that I'll bring to the table as a coach is is uh, for anybody that really understands uh, the nature of sports and its crossover into 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 the corporate world. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be a very unique uh, coach for them because it, it's going to bring a lot of these types of stories right. and. And principles together, um, but they can go to benutechspeaks.com, and that that is uh, my web platform that will you know take you through what my my keynote presentations are, take you through what my coaching opportunities are, and and um, yeah, it's been awesome. 
Perfect. We'll make sure that's in the podcast notes oh, so that people have it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you for sure. I mean, clearly we are culture junkies. We speak the same language yes, on the exactly. culture side. So we could have completed each other's sentences through that. But, you know, I just think, again, as I said in the beginning, when you have a platform, your use job it. is to use that platform yeah. for good. Absolutely. And you are a great example of that, um, both within this community and outside of this community. And um, and we just appreciate you sharing your perspective because I know it's made some people that are listening think differently today. Thank you. And that's our goal all the time. And to the listeners, you know, as, we're grateful that you continue to engage with the ratings, the reviews, the comments that we get for the from the impact that these conversations have for you. And what I want you to just remember, especially during this time of year, is that the goal of a podcast or anything that you read and that you learn about is that it just shifts your perspective. It's that 1%, right? That compound interest that if 1% improvement is going to, over time, shift and help you grow. And and that's really what this podcast is focused on. So we're glad to be here. We're grateful for you during this time of year. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.